Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Uh, Last week, Pastor Mel was preaching about Moses and um, the cyclical patterns that we have in seasonal terms in our life as we go through things and the the life cycle of various things in our lives. And uh, today I want to talk about Abraham. No surprise to you, I'm sure, since that was the word that Pastor Mel had from Genesis 18, was about Abram. And uh, you'll see that it's just all part of the Holy Spirit's plan to keep telling us the same thing through different voices who haven't conferred with each other at all, but are all on the same page. It's a miracle every Sunday in church that that happens. Every week that happens, and it's a miracle every time. So, I'm preaching about Abraham, and my sermon is called The Long Game. The Long Game. Because life is filled with short events. If you've ever built a piece of IKEA furniture, you know. You know, you can say to people, I've got a project to do this afternoon, and they go, ooh, project, that sounds, you know, impressive and sort of serious. But it can take you just 30 minutes, as long as you can read instructions in, you know, hieroglyphic symbolism. No, don't do this. Yes, do this. I'm like, I think they want me to fix it left-handed. Oh, no, he's holding a different tool. Right, got it. Don't use that tool. Use that. Yeah, cool. Okay, that's the way to overcome language difficulties. Just charades stacked it out. Um, So that's a short-term project, you know. Um, There are friendships that are sort of temporary, As long as you're going through uni together doing the same course, sitting in the same tutorial every week, the relationship survives. But once you both finish uni and someone moves to Sydney for their job and you stay here for your job, you kind of lose contact and you go, that was a, you know, that was short, not as short term as IKEA furniture. Maybe it went for three years, but it's over now. And there are things that are shorter term in our lives. Um, You know, you can get a first aid course in a day and be qualified. You can get a Cert 4 in just a couple months. Um, takes you a bit longer to build a house. So there are short-term things, but the principle that I want to draw out of the life of Abraham is that even though life is filled with these little micro ups and downs, you know, you're down in the dumps one week and you're back up on top of things the next week, in spite of all the little... Life is a long game. We're in this for the long haul. Um, A lot of the time, what we need to do to gain a more comforting perspective is to kind of zoom out a bit. You know, have you ever used a camera? Zoom out a little bit. Get a bigger picture. Um, What we do uh, to gain more of an idea of how God is seeing things is to zoom out to get a much bigger context for what we're going through, what we're experiencing, um, how how difficult it is for us right now and how big a problem that really is. And Pastor Mel preached a great message on Dream Sunday um, about the word from God, come up here and I will show you things that you've never seen before. Uh, if, that's because if you come up here, you'll see from up here and I'll be able to show you the forest that you can't see if you stay down there amongst all the individual trees. So zoom out. Um, if sometimes I'm getting too big for my boots or I'm getting a bit sort of self-absorbed, I need, to, I need God to help me to zoom out a bit and realize that his plans and his purposes are not all about me. They're way bigger than me, way bigger. 
uh, and um, he, he can use someone else if I won't cooperate. But he wants to use me and he wants me to have a life of purpose and he wants me to follow the footsteps and the plan and get there eventually, like Paul was preaching about with the story of Esther. You know, God wants to co-labor with us. We're in this game together and that is cool. But you know what? God's got plans for this whole church corporately. God's got plans for the community of Belconnen. God's got plans for C3 church movement right across Australia. And he's got plans for the globe. What's my part in that? It's pretty small. I play a small role. But thank God he lets me play a role. And it's kind of cool to be along on the journey. So, yeah, zoom out a bit. Sometimes I'm feeling like my challenges are a bit overwhelming. I'm feeling a bit anxious. I'm not even sure I've got what it takes to do, God, what you are calling me to do. This, this wacky idea that I'm sort of chasing after at the moment, if I get there and I succeed and I land the job, I'm not sure how I'll do. Let's be honest. You know, sometimes I'm feeling a bit like that. What I need is for God to help me to zoom out a bit. And when I start to acknowledge him and praise him and go, hey, he is so huge. Like, there's nothing he can't do. He knows everything. He was in the past with me. He's in the present with me now. He's already been to the future. He knows what it holds. So what's the danger? I get that kind of perspective when I zoom out a bit and I don't feel worried anymore. I don't feel overwhelmed anymore. I go, I don't know how we're going to work it out together, God, but I know it's going to happen. So let's just go. Let's just keep going and let's get there. Sometimes when I'm annoyed or distressed even that the plan hasn't happened yet, that the goal hasn't come to pass, that the dream and the vision has not been achieved, what I need to do is get God to help me to zoom out a bit and see the big picture. Because what are we doing here? The experience with my two-year-old is not about the Tonka truck. It's not, oh, it's about the Tonka truck. Sometimes we get so buried in the, and it's all about the Tonka truck and I have to win, especially us blokes. I just have to win. I have to beat him. I have to crush him. I have to break his spirit. Actually, actually, what are we doing here? Zoom out a bit. It's not about the Tonka truck. I am training him for adult life. I'm his coach. This is a learning opportunity. And maybe the best way for him to learn is that, in a sense, I win this little game that we're playing so that he will learn. But if you approach it as a trainer and a coach, you get much better outcomes in terms of raising an adult. So what are we doing here? Zoom out a bit. The honeymoon is not the marriage. The honeymoon lasts a couple of weeks. Then you've got to go back to work. Bummer. Normal life, routines, schedules and stuff, you know. But the long, rich marriage that lasts for 31 years or, or longer, you know, is... He's awesome. That is the big picture. If you're having a rough time, come talk to me and I'll, I'll help you to zoom out and say, hey, don't forget, you guys had an amazing, you had a blast of a time last month. In the future, there's going to be even better times. You know, th- this is just a blip on the radar. It's a tiny little one of these. Zoom out a bit. Come on. It's a long game. When you make a mistake or you get a hard time from a colleague or even a boss, don't quit your job. <laughs> Go back the next day and have another go and pray. Pray for that person and watch while God moves things around. Maybe they get a fantastic opportunity and they move on a month later and you go, oh, okay, well, well that's okay. <laughs> and they got blessed and so did I. <laughs> that's fantastic. Or, or they stay put and so do you and you grow as a person and mature and it's not an issue anymore. 
because you're a bigger person. How about that? You know, everything that we do, every, uh, the investments of time and energy and training and learning and growing as a person, growing in character, all this stuff kind of stacks up and builds momentum and, and um, compounds. It's like compound interest that reaps dividends as we go through our life. So that means if things are supposed to be on that sort of trajectory and just get better and better, that means the best days are still ahead of us, all of us, every single person. From the seven-year-old to the 70-year-old, things are compounding. You are set up to reap dividends next year from stuff you did 10 years ago and you haven't got there yet. Don't flag out when the best days are still ahead of you. Awesome. Because, you know, sometimes it's like a good Tom Clancy novel. God's just kind of folding bits in here and bringing in a bit of the plot there. And as you just keep on walking in obedience and he kind of weaves it all together and you're going, wow, when that happened to me 15 years ago, I thought that was just a waste of time. I thought there was no purpose to it. I thought, well, this was, I'll just chuck that in the garbage can of life. What was that all about? And God goes, actually, it was for a purpose. Look at this. And you go, wow. How did you do that? How do you do that, God? And that's what he does. He's just like the master weaver, just bringing it all in. And even the negative experience and the way you reacted to it and what you learned from that, fold it in and bring this and bring that. And he keeps on compounding things. And we keep on growing and maturing and learning. With some dreams and visions, they take a while. They're more like a slow cooker meal than two-minute noodles. But the taste sensation is worth it. It's worth the wait for a slow cooker meal as they taste rich and full and deep. They've got substance to them. So, you know, you can have two-minute noodles daily or you can just take some time. Slow food. Love it. Stop talking about food. Okay. Yeah. God is very patient. God is very committed to the long game. And we're going to find out some stuff from Abraham's life. I've got four points. They all start with R because I've been listening to a lot of Stephen Furtick. So there you go. The first one is roots in the sense of let's go back to our roots. Roots. Because one part of the long game is to look back at your heritage, where you came from, um, your history with God, you know, chuck it out on a timeline and look at it and think about it and ask him to show you and um you know how far you've come already and 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 hey you know hey i may not be everywhere i want to be but at least i'm not back there anymore that was a bad time when i was like that but i've moved i've progressed look at that and sometimes you you can't see that unless you just zoom out a bit and go you know what things aren't that bad i've grown i'm different things are getting better yeah despising your roots looks like never even bothering to look for God's hand in your journey. But if you ask him to show you, you'll see, oh, wow, I see how you carried me there. I see how you sustained me there. Wow, you are really involved all along the long game with me. So what is the future? It's filled with hope if I'm in that frame of mind. Uh, I was surprised to learn that Abraham's journey to the promised land began when it wasn't even Abe's idea. He was just going along with the family. I, I didn't quite realize that before. Genesis eleven thirty one says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, his daughter-in-law Sarai, and together they set out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Where was Terah supposed to go? 
Canaan. He was supposed to go to Canaan, the promised land, the center of everything, part of the story, part of the long game. Where did God tell Abe to go later? Canaan. So sometimes God's plan B is, all right, now that we've done all that, let's go back to plan A again. It really is. Sometimes that's how he moves. The journey was just interrupted at all. And instead of pushing through to where God was leading, Terah decided to settle. And can I just say to you today, don't settle. Don't settle in. Don't settle for something less than the ideal that God put in your heart. Don't settle for something less than the dream that he gave you. The, the, the New Testament sort of calls it falling short of the mark of the calling. You know, like you fire an arrow and the target's over there and it sort of gets to here and goes into the ground. Well, pick it up and have another shot. You know, like go all the way. Let's go all the way. Let's consider life a long game and keep on pushing through instead of settling. But was God's plan finished yet? You know, you well, go to Canaan. Not there yet. Your dad's decided to settle. You know, the, the one generation hands over to the next. Is it game over? No. In the long game, it's still game on. Still game on. Genesis 12 verse 5. He took, Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the stuff, and they set out for the land of Canaan. They arrived there. Good job. Good job. Even in the long game journey, sometimes there are moments where we go, let's just pause and celebrate that for this bit, for this season, we achieved the goal and here we are. Good one. Life's not over. You know, we've got the next step, the next phase, but what a great time to just go, we arrived. Nice. Abraham is continuing the work and the calling, first initiated through his father. And there are two types of people in the room. You know, if you know the, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you live following him, well, it could be that your parents didn't know the Lord. But I'm telling you that God has a plan and purposes that are bigger than you and bigger than them. And in spite of themselves, they would have been pushing you towards the plan towards the purpose of God. There are other people in the room who are more like me, and that is your parents taught you about the scriptures. They opened up the Bible and explained to you what it meant, and they gave you a grounding in your faith. Well, guess what? All that means is you can stand on the shoulders of where they left off and leap further. You know, you can leverage that legacy they've given you for great outcomes. You don't start, start way back at the Ur of Chaldeans. You start at Haran, where your father settled, and you go further and you get all the way to Canaan. You get to your Canaan. Well, I'm preaching myself out of breath up here. <laughs> so, so, you know, I was convicted while I was preparing the sermon, and if that's you, just to pause for a second to thank God for parents who've left you a legacy so you can start there. Awesome. And push into God for the sake of your children and make some progress and leave them a legacy so they start even further than you and go on to do amazing things. It's like an intergenerational dividend that just keeps paying and paying and paying into the future. Something I've noticed over the years is that sometimes God will just keep seem to keep banging on with the same message to you. Every prophetic word's about the same thing. And every time someone preaches, it feels like you're preaching straight at me and it's always about the same thing. You know, well, ding, 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 hello. God might be saying, okay, plan B is, let's go back to plan A. You know, have you done that yet? No. Okay, well, let's do that. 
And sometimes we settle and we, God needs to dislodge us from that before we can move again. I need you to get, get to Canaan, but at the moment you're settled in Haran. I need to, you know, get through to you about this so that you can go, all right, okay, I've, you know, I've pressed the reset button. We're moving again. We're moving because God can't move when you're not moving. So, you know, get moving. Um, and if you, if you feel like that's a word for you, I'd love for you to come forward for prayer after church and tell the, tell the prayer team person that this is why I'm here because I'm stuck. I've settled and I want to get moving again and I'll let them pray for you about it. So roots, don't worry, the others are quicker. Roots, reminders is the next one, starting with R. I've noticed over the years that sometimes believers get a sort of spiritual experience envy. You know, like, I want, I want a special visitation. I want, I want a very spiritual experience. I want an encounter with God. But you know what? What I discovered reading the life of Abraham is not a coincidence. He just, every step along the way, when God told him to do something, he just stepped out and started doing it in obedience. And everywhere he paused along the way, he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord. You know, like, I know I'm, on, I know I'm in the game plan and I know I'm moving and I'm doing what you've asked me to do last, but still, I'm pausing for a few days, I'll build an altar. You know how they built altars? It took a while. There was no mortar and no convenient bricks. They had to go pick up rocks and put them in a big pile so that it wouldn't fall over. It was very clever, actually. Anyway, by the by, Abraham wasn't lucky to get chosen. He set his life aside. He pushed in. He sought God with everything he had. And worship and keeping the God, make sure God's the Lord. Make sure he's up there and it's all good. Um, he, he did that. So just like him, we've sort of got to get that settled where we've got this elastic band permanently attached. That we just keep bouncing back to God no matter what happens. Anyone ever seen those horizontal bungee at the carnival? Yeah, you know. So, God, I understand perfectly what's happening, but I'm just going to come back and worship you because you're good. I have no idea what's happening, but I'm just going to come back and worship you and say, well, what is happening? <laughs> or, you know, can you give me more direction? You know, I'm, I'm having an up. Go back and worship. I'm having a down. Go back and worship. You know, just, just get, that, get that as a core part of our lives. Do something significant that you can remember. You know, maybe if you've never fasted before. Try fasting this year. Next time the church announces an all-church fast, say, well, I'm going to try that. I've never tried it, and this is my pile of rocks. This is my altar. I'm going to look back and go, that time that I was fasting, God spoke to me. One time Abraham planted a tree. You know, 30 years later, there would have been a massive oak like the ones in O'Connor and Lynham. You know, he would have, every time he walked past that tree, he would have gone, oh, that's right, that was that time. That time when God spoke to me. Oh, see that pile of rocks? That's that time. You know, if you don't have any of those landmarks, then, then make one. You know, get, pull out all the stops and do whatever it takes to get yourself to Presence Conference and just set aside a few days of doing nothing but seeking the Lord and hearing from Him. Whatever it takes, what, you know, what will it be for you? What will it be for me this year where we're going to say, I'm going to make a pile of rocks. I'm going to plant a tree. It's going to be over there. And I'm going to look back to it. Yeah. Awesome. Reminders. Reminders. Roots and reminders. Resolve. 
Genesis 22:16. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. This is the story where God tests Abraham's resolve by saying, you know, the son that you got, that you finally got, that was promised to you when Sarah laughed and anyway, through all the ups and downs, you finally got this son. I want you to sacrifice him to me. He's like, beg your pardon? Sorry, this probably isn't God because I know that animal sacrifice rites are normal in our culture, but human sacrifice is actually forbidden. So, you know, I don't know, it's a bit iffy, but he wrangled with it and he figured out, I am hearing clear as a bell, this is the voice of God. Therefore, I am going to obey. So he sets off up the hill with his son Isaac saying, look, if if nothing else happens, you're going down on the altar and you're the sacrifice. But I don't think that's going to happen. But that's the plan. That's all I've got. I've got what God told me. And, um, you know, Paul was talking about this just a few weeks ago, how on the other side of the mountain, meanwhile, a ram is going up, getting ready to get set to get caught in the thickets to be the provision for so that Isaac doesn't have to be harmed. Spoiler alert. Anyway, it all turns out fine. Um, <laughs> um, but God's, God's response, God, God may test our resolve as we go in the long game. He may test our resolve because he knows you need some deep commitment to make a real difference. He knows you need some stuff on the inside of you, some, yeah, yeah, I will persist even when things seem a bit weird to have an impact to do something significant with your life so no matter what so God's response is blessing for generations and providing the sacrifice you know in my scenario I stepped out of my safe secure government job with my golden handcuffs and I got the keys and I undid the golden handcuffs and left the awesome superannuation behind and went into full-time ministry now some people told me I was an idiot for doing that And people probably were telling Abraham he was an idiot for going to sacrifice his son. What are you doing? Have you lost your mind? You know, life is a long game. I'm not in full-time ministry anymore. I'm in the next phase of my ministry calling. And guess what? I've got it back. I've got my government superannuation back. Same one. Awesome scheme. Really old. I won't even say the word. But, you know, God said, you know what? Don't lay a hand on it. Here's the sacrifice. And I feel like Abraham must have felt. I sort of brought very little to the equation. God did basically everything else. And, and then said, oh, and you don't even have to make that sacrifice. I was after the willingness. It was a test of resolve. I'm not a nasty person who's trying to take stuff off you. I'm just trying to test your resolve because I know in this next phase of your ministry calling you're going to need some resolve baby and I do every day I need resolve yeah lay it down no problem God will provide would you obey if God asked you to do something difficult it's all cruisy while God's not putting any pressure on you what about if he asked you to leave a friendship group oh it's quiet what about if he asked you to apply for transfer in your job from one area of your um, one, one area of your business to another or one area of your government department to another or 
And you went, what, what, what for? I'm not telling you. just want you to do it. Oh. Uh, would you do it? Well, wouldn't you? It's just a hypothetical, so that's good. We're all safe. How about if he just told you to turn down some awesome offer because there was something wrong with it, but without telling you what was wrong with it? You know what? Like Abraham walking up the mountain with his son, would you say, don't worry about it, God will provide the sacrifice. We are going to be cool as long as we keep doing what he says. Which leads me to my final point. Resources. Genesis 23, verse 17. Ephron's field in Machpelah near Mamre both the field and the cave in it and all the trees within the borders of the field, just, you know, because God's into detail, was deeded to Abraham as his property in the presence of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of the city. Afterward, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which is at Hebron, in the land of Canaan, because God's into detail. Abraham, the story of this goes, Abraham refused the offer of, nah, mate, she's right, just use it. It's all good. You don't have to buy it from us. You don't have to be all official about stuff, you know. Just, she's right, just use it. You want to live there? No worries. You want to leave? No worries. Oh, you want to bury your wife there? No dramas. He went, no, no, no. I want to buy it from you fair and square. He counted out the exact money at the city gate in front of everybody, in front of witnesses, so it was official. He bought it fair and square. Abraham understood the power of legacy going beyond being a consumer in what we do being an asset owner i've got some ownership in this church you know i care when things aren't working properly i care when things need to get fixed i I care when there's a safety issue i care because i've got some ownership here you know if i was just a consumer i just come in and go that was great worship but it wasn't as good as last week i'd give it about an (laughs) 8.2 and someone says oh could you just give me a hand to lift these tables into the kids church area oh sorry man i just i'm in a bit of a rush i just gotta you know if i just came in as a consumer it'd be a totally different life but he wanted to transform from being a consumer to being an asset owner. He wanted to stop being the tenant and start being the landlord. And there are some people here today, that's your dream. You think, wow, I'd really desperately love to own my own home, but everything I read in the media and everything anyone ever says and every expert says, it's impossible for me, it's unattainable for me. We're a young couple or I'm a young person and it's never going to happen for me. It's just getting further and further out of my reach. God can do anything. He can do anything. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's right. He's told you twice in the one service. Is anything too hard? No. After church is finished, get up here, talk to the people in the prayer team, get them to stand with you and believe that you can own your own home. It is possible. Don't give up. Meanwhile, is there anything you can do towards it? Can you make a list of characteristics of the home you need? You go, what for, Stu? I can't afford it. Not, not, not what for. Go ahead and step out and start doing something. Do as much as you can. Of course you're believing for a miracle. Of course God's got to come through big time. But step out and do as much as you can. Can you go to some open homes? Get a feel for the market. You go, this doesn't seem to make any sense. Sometimes faith is just walking in obedience until it finally starts to make sense. Sometimes... Faith is just doing what the last thing God told you until it finally starts to make sense. It is not refusing to do anything until it makes sense to you. That is not faith. That's just living in your head and being your own boss. But if Jesus is Lord, 
and he tells you to do something, faith is just keeping on stepping it out, even when it doesn't make sense, in the awkwardness and the tension, until it finally starts to fall into place, and you see the long game, and it, oh, that all makes sense now. Okay, let's go. 1 Corinthians 11.3, when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, he made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel as the Lord had promised through Samuel. The spiritual heritage carries through generations. David's anointing as king and first six years of ruling as king happened at Hebron, the place that Abraham bought, the place that he owned, the place he invested and left his seed sitting there to reap dividends, generations later, a down payment on future purpose, a marker of ownership. Can I just say, don't be afraid of financial giving. Don't be scared of it. Don't be reluctant to plant seed and invest and give yourself to projects, give your energy to them, give your time to them. Promises can be redeemed for decades on the basis of what you're doing today. Maybe your children will be the ones who benefit. Maybe your grandchildren will be the ones. Maybe it'll skip a generation and you won't even see it happen. But you know what? They benefit from everything you're doing now. We're sitting in this facility and future generations are going to use it when we're gone because Pastor Mill and Pastor Paul drove a stake in the ground and said, you know what? And because all of us continue to put our money where our mouth is and go, yeah, yeah, we can invest in that for sure. We can leave a legacy for sure. Who knows what purposes they will accomplish when they stand on our shoulders and take it a step further. Canberra is going to be different. The ripples will continue to spread outwards from the thunderclap of our investment. Life's a long game. Let's all zoom out. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.